shooter. If I've been out here selling myself short, pushing for less just for the love of the sport and no gimmies. Clear to see it, send me the vibe. But the hustle is not only taking the strides to see more better, not only more cheddar. Talk it like I walk it, call it poor man special. Seen more than envy in the eyes on my drive. Lessons over losses just to keep my sister proud. Can't describe the time it took just for me to hold my head instead of showing all my knowledge, slow to speak instead. And beyond that, I learned how to finesse the force direct with my mouthpiece. That's verbal in the course. What's that? Welcome back, world, to the Verbal Intercourse Podcast. Got your host, Nick Walker, back in the building with you today. Shout out to all the supporters and everybody that's been checking out the podcast. Really appreciative. Shout out to everybody that's been purchasing merch. Shout out to all of my guests that have been on the podcast. I really appreciate y'all. And to anybody that's a future guest, I want you to know it's a safe space to express yourself and to talk about things. So come holler at me and check out the Verbal Intercourse podcast. Today, got a special guest in the building. Shout out to Miss Chastity breast cancer survivor is breast cancer awareness month and we we here to talk about that a little bit and let her express herself and it's a safe space to talk about that so let's do it so i'm gonna let you introduce yourself Chaz, to the world i'm sure everybody already know you you kind of you live or whatever but <laughs> but talk to them a little bit so uh, i just want to start off by saying um this is incredibly dope what you're doing um don't stop i've been telling you this uh this is just the platform that you're providing you know what i mean and just the awareness that you're putting out there especially for our people you know what i mean just like just kind of just you know making health cool you know making it making it making it making it um normalizing it the conversation and and the do- opening up the dialogue for us and our peer group it's a really big deal especially in the area that we're in so um again let me just start off by saying i'm chastity everyone calls me chaz i'm originally from jackson mississippi um born and raised here i was diagnosed in 2018 at the very end and in october which is which is kind of crazy it was october 20th and at the time i was in the dmv area so um i uh, was away from home and just kind of navigating things myself you know just by researching myself um and just really kind of just um doing all the research fresh meaning in comparison to being at home we know all these people were connected. Everyone is connected to someone in some type of way. Um, so when I was first diagnosed, I was in Maryland and um, it was in October and it was just a routine screening at one of my annual checkups. And um, I was on my way out and I was like, hey, I kind of feel something over here. I was like, you know, it's in my, and at that time it was in my armpit. I had already been feeling something in my breast sometime. But at this time when I reported it to my... Um, and this was just like my OBGYN at the time, just like who I was going to go see primarily. And she was like, how long have you been feeling that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. 
and it, it just kind of started from there. And I think it was just like never ending appointments for the next like three years like after that day. Um, so that was in 2018 in October, um, October 20th. So I made it back home to Mississippi around Christmas, like two days before Christmas. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, I started my treatment there. And before I was diagnosed, before the start of the appointments, I think the first things that I, I started to notice, I'm hyper aware. Let me just, I'm just, I'm just hyper aware of myself. I just think that the very first thing that I noticed was uh, the excessive amount of fatigue. Um, and it wasn't normal. It wasn't, this wasn't just like normal fatigue. You need a nap, you know, you didn't get your eight hours. This was like narcolepsy. Like it was, it was kind of, it was interrupting my days, my productivity, you know, just, just normal days where I would go to work, work out, plan for the next day, meal prep, be, be, be the superwoman in one day. Um, I was barely getting through, making it through like lunch without like falling asleep. And I'm like driving, falling asleep. So I think that um, around this time, I started trying to psych myself out. Mm -hmm. I started trying to say, oh, you know, I'm just tired. I probably, you know, I picked up some more hours at work. Um, I've been jogging when I get out of work. I probably should kick, just, you know, cut back a little bit. Just go to work, cut back. Normally when I'm tired, I feel like I need to get more active. Being more active provides me more energy, normally. Right. Yeah, so I think that those were just some of the very first, very first things that I noticed was uh, the, the the amount of fatigue like i did i didn't have any normal energy so um yeah so so talk to me a little bit about um your initial feeling because to just put it breast cancer in perspective um it's among women it's the second leading um cancer outside of skin melanoma not well non melanoma skin cancer it's the second leading cause of cancer death so um, it's been an overall decline in breast cancer mortality due to increased uh, awareness, which, you know, it's been a lot of awareness out there. There's been a lot of research out there. But within the Black community, Black women especially, um, their mortality rates are still high. And it's due to, it's, it's due to inadequate access to health care. It's, it's due to um, physicians not not taken seriously how black women feel. I've heard a lot of women discuss that black women oftentimes get misdiagnosed or when they go into the doctor, their doctor, their physician isn't paying, even paying attention to the things that they're saying, which could have been signs and symptoms towards breast cancer or whatever. So talk to me a little bit about your, you, you kind of explained a little bit, but talk to me a little bit about your interaction with your physicians and as well as, I would say, your support system around when you first initially found out that you had breast cancer. Um, that's a really good point that you brought up. So before I, before I hopped into what I hopped into, probably about four to six months prior to me being diagnosed, I experienced nipple discharge. I went to the doctor. 
I went to the doctor for everything. Ran to the doctor, and um, I was told that it was coming. It was, it was, it, it, um, it was coming amongst women in my age group. Um, it goes and comes sometimes with hormones, and um, they didn't see anything abnormal, and and that was it. That was it. That was the extent of me reporting something like that and me not realizing you know in retrospect i had no idea that that was one that was that that was a sign and a symptom you know i, I didn't know i didn't know i did not know and um i went to the doctor I, I i didn't get a second opinion i listened to what you know i listened to the advice that was given to me and that was that i didn't press the issue the lump didn't come until later so um once the once once the nipple discharge kind of stopped you know it, everything kind of went back to normal and it was just like oh, okay well and that was that and um now i wish that i was a bit more proactive or just gotten a second opinion because who know who who knows what that could have prevented had had I press the issue of uh, I don't know. This just this is just this is just really abnormal. I don't know. This kind of scared me. Well, this is just unlikely, you know, unlikely. Uh, so, of course, I'm not I'm not a mother, and I have never been a mother. So, you know, I, I'm like I don't know. Yeah. It, <laughs> this I is abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I listened to what they tell me and I didn't press the issue and I really hate that. Um, now looking back on it, I would have gotten a second opinion. Um, most of my family members are physicians. I, I would have reached out and just been like, hey, um, such and such, or, you know, this is what's going on. I would I would have, even if I didn't necessarily go to a doctor, I would have pressed the issue had I been more aware or had I been more educated on breast cancer, period. I had never known anyone. I had never seen it. So I, I didn't have the hyper awareness. It's you always hear if you have a lump, just go. But um in our age group, lumps aren't normal. Aren't it's normal. It, it's, right. it's normal. It's a horm it's it's hormonal in some women. It's very normal and associate and it correlates to menstruals and associates to menstruals. They come and go. So um I definitely would have been more proactive i kind of i think i kind of brushed brushed things off a bit which which i'm ashamed I'm, and i'm ashamed to say it you know because by the time i was diagnosed i was diagnosed at a stage three and if i if i would have said something four to six months ago you know well, thank thank god i am as aware as, as i am because had i not gone when i did you know it was you know at the stage it was who knows you know what what my fate would have been so i'm thankful for being proactive enough to go and push things myself and um and, and just kind of take notice of myself observe things and and you know i kind of i kind of pay um i kind of pay attention to myself a lot a lot and so uh and a lot of these things i don't just let it go even if i wasn't the most urgent i definitely was adamant about bringing this to her attention like hey listen i kind of noticed something but i'm here for something else but can you just check that out while i'm here yeah definitely i think that's i think that's very important and you kind of brought it up you know you were young when you got when you first got diagnosed and from looking at the age averages of people when they first get diagnosed it's usually uh, 40s, 
uh, 50s, you know, something like that. So, um, and I, and you also brought up some interesting, you said you had never known anybody with breast cancer. So was, is nobody in your family had breast cancer before? Um, no one in my family has ever been diagnosed with breast, any type of cancers, nevertheless, breast cancer. So the, the extent of breast cancer that I knew other than being an athlete and participating in a community event or having a sponsor or a professor that was diagnosed and I gave him a card, it hits differently now. It hits differently now. You know, certain things are like lymph nodes, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. it hits, it hits a little differently now, you know. In comparison to when I had never seen it, I, you know, there were certain there were certain things that weren't triggers I wasn't aware of. So now, yeah, I feel like had I had I even had the experience or the opportunity to have a family member or a friend, you know, family member, if, if I were able to be there for them or be around it, I probably would have been a little bit more aware. Instead of being 27 and like, nipple discharge, what's that? Can you check yourself? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, at 27, we all think we could, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound. I mean, it's like we got that immortality co complex that we don't really think about those things. But, you know, uh, you know, and, and around those ages, it's certain things that creep start creeping into our bodies. And I feel like you brought up some important lymph nodes. Lymph nodes are usually the key. If you look at almost any disease, any cancer, anything, they usually say swollen lymph nodes. Like, so that was a very important thing to bring up. So you also brought up staging. You said that you was stage three when you type C. So type at that point, that means it relates into size and Okay. And spread and so I had inflammatory. So um, yeah, stage stage three. Yeah. So for for anybody that's listening, the staging is important when it comes to like medical interventions and when they look at um, percentage per, percentage of of survival, basically survival statistics, medical interventions. What type of medical interventions did they, did the doctors use on you to kind of help? help you with out with your breast cancer? Um, the type of intervention that my physicians use with me, my team, um, I started out with chemo. Then I went to radiation. No, chemo, surgery, radiation. And uh, so I had uh, six months of the red devil which is a mixture of four drugs it's a chemical mixture um and then i had um the rest of my chemo was just to keep it at bay mm -hmm. okay so after that then i had the 33 rounds of the um then i had my surgery i had about a double bile i had a bilateral Reconstruction. I had a bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction, so I had the removal of, bo of both breasts, and I had the plastic surgery done to reconstruct my chest right immediately following. And then immediately following that, I had the 33 rounds of radiation, but I didn't get the reconstruction until after radiation. So I would have gone chemo, surgery, 
removal part of the surgery, radiation, and then implant and reconstruction. And that was a, and you said that was like a six month process? Oh, no. So the, um, the chemo alone was six months. Okay, okay. So the entire process was over a course of about two and a half years. Um, but the chemo, the aggressive part, the part that everyone fears or is weary about was for six months. That was at the very beginning. And um, the intervention started out with chemo in aggressive form because I had an aggressive type of cancer. So that's the way that they wanted to come at it the same way it was coming at me. By the time we locate, by the time we discovered the cancer, it had already started spreading. So they wanted to give me something that was just as aggressive, which it is. Um, the red devil caused me to lose hair, nails, teeth. I bruised it's extremely easy and longer, bone, bone pain, joint pain, mm. everything. And when I say lost teeth, any fast act, fast developing cell, anything that has to has to keep reproducing. So um, it caused digestive issues, um, really head to toe. Of course, hair loss, the obvious, some of the yeah. obvious side effects from from chemotherapy. Um, but honestly. Uh, the chemo was really hard, but I don't think I was ready for radiation. I think that radiation, it seems so simple. You know, you just lay down for about a few minutes and you get up. But radiation, the toll that radiation takes on the body mm. is so downplayed. I don't even think that the doc, I don't think that they mean to, but I don't <laughs> even think that the doctors give it to you is how you need to give it like that everyone makes the same like chemo is the big bad wolf and it is it is hard but that radiation yeah radiation for anyone that has done i, I think i'm saying that for me like i was shocked you know yeah. it seems so simple you know you just land on this table you don't even see you can't even see actually what's happening because it's all lasers but you right. wonder why everyone else is standing outside of room looking at you through a glass. Like it's Oh it's, really? Okay. They all standing outside looking at you through the glass. Okay. Like you, you know, you see the skull head with the X everywhere. You know, you you like, what's 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 up with that? You know? Oh, this nothing. After the first two weeks. Yeah. And it's like a job. You do this Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Wow. How this long how long does it schedule? You know, you're like, what? You're like, what? I gotta, you know, this is a job. You have to tell your job, hey, listen, I have somewhere to be. they like, I don't understand why you're tired at work. It's just radiation. Didn't you say you do that in the morning? Mmm. That's mm. The radiation in the morning not affecting me at night. Okay. <laughs> how, long, how long does the radiation session last? Like a normal day on radiation? Probably 15 minutes. That's it? That's yeah, it. Crazy, right? 15 to 30 minutes. If and they, like, oh, like and it's that. probably the wait. The wait in the waiting room is longer because our people are so sick. It's the the wait in the waiting room is longer than the actual radiation process. Wow. So yeah. after the radiation, did you feel some of the same feelings after the chemo, or what? It just made you real fatigued. That's what you're saying. 
Radiation is, I want to say draining, but draining would be an understatement. Right. It will be an understatement. Um, it's taxing. It's taxing on the body in ways that you can't see. Mm. Um, and in way in, in ways that you can see. You know, it turns the skin this color. Oh, okay. it turns the skin this color, and then after this peels off, it turns the skin this color. You know, right. the skin, it, it, it's, it's such an amazing process. It's, it's crazy that I, it's such an amazing process. You know, I've been pre-med, so I'm, I'm it's, it's crazy being on the other side. They're like, this process is so beautiful, but it's so, it's so crazy. It's so scary at the same time. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's amazing to see the effects how far technology has come in comparison to how people used to get chemo back in the day to how they're getting it today. It's, it's, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to see someone like me, you know, me survive. It's amazing to see because it is taking people out They're getting. Yeah. I was my physicians. I was one of my physicians, youngest patient. And guess what? He's already has a younger one. Wow. It's a, it's an epidemic. It's, it's a problem. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's it's not just in the African American community. It's a people of color problem. Real. It is a people of color problem. It's it's a minor it's a minority problem. You know what I mean? Um. And and it's it's. I guess it's it's the problem in the communities where we have the most health disparities. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it, Inadequate access to healthcare, um, inadequate access to good insurance, um, and inadequate, I would say, you know, our comorbidities as a whole, um, obesity, diabetes, all that make you more susceptible to these type of cancers and just being black, you know. And being black alone, we already have predispositions that a lot of us are walking around completely unaware to. Right. And... You know, I just want to commend you and, and let you know that, like, real talk, you you definitely strong and you strong willed, and I can see that you know you glowing, you glowing even though you don't went through hell and back, like you glowing. Like I can see, like Chaz be happy, Chaz be working out, Chaz be doing all type of shit. Like I seen, like I seen you doing uh, some MMA shit one day on Instagram, and I was like, man, Chaz is like incredible as shit. Like, and she's doing. All Things that you want to do as well as, you know, trying to go to school and all that type of stuff. So I really want to commend you because like 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 you describing, you've been through hell and back. And you know what I'm saying? A, a lot of people would have folded shit. I, I might would have folded or, you know, whoever might would have folded, but you stood tall and, and I just want to commend you for that. I really appreciate that. It wasn't it wasn't easy, but I, I will I will be honest and say that I definitely have a natural optimism and, and it's been there since I was like a, a child. It's, it's not something that I just learned or got a hold to. It's something that's far beyond me. And it's something that's, um, that I'm super appreciative for because it's hard moving back to a place like Mississippi, you know, it's, it's humbling getting demoted from your job. 
you know, you and your you and your college sweetheart going separate ways because you got something else you need to be worried about. You got something else you need to be focused on. That's that's a <laughs> you know, yeah. if you got you got business you need to be taken care of. You know, it's it's humbling going back to the same room that you were in in high school. You know, but on the other side of that, it's so many people out here who families couldn't support them even if they wanted to. They hardly support themselves. I am so thankful for my support system. I am so thankful for the friendships that came to light, the friendship that I did. I, I had no, I needed to grow, grow up and grow past. I am so thankful. I never would have been the type of person I was today if I didn't, if I didn't go through cancer, if, if I didn't, if I, when it happened, was I confused? Yes. Um, was it hard seeing my peers still, you know, complete their, just live their lives, get married, complete their dreams, start their business, get accepted to their programs, finish their programs. Like, and I, and then you taking a three year break and be, right. you know, when you've done all the right things, whatever that means, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. I think now in retrospect, I realized that nothing just happens this isn't a coincidence we're i'm supposed to be doing exactly what we're doing right now i'm supposed to be going to these school these local schools and speaking to our people letting them know hey listen go to the doctor even if they tell you it's nothing go let them tell you it's nothing you right. know um it's not normalized i have so many friends just friends who tell me I support you? You know, Dan, that's so great. That's so good. Like you really be taking care of yourself, and I have to, and I have to like harass them to go to the doctor. Yeah, and I'm like, it's it's just not gonna be real until it's real for you, huh? Like it's just it's just nothing you can say. It, it it's just nothing you can say. But I'm gonna keep saying. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep promoting. Hey, listen, trying to normalize the conversation. Like, hey, listen. Get, why we been friends 10 years and I ain't never heard you say you're going to go get your teeth clean? Why we been friends five years and I've never heard you say you're going to go get your eyes shit? Like, we need to normalize. Hey, listen, you've been tested. But when we start these relationships, like, it's too many people that are like, that, that's still cringy with that type of conversation, knowing we with where we are and where we stand in the nation. In hell, we are, lit, we are literally in a poverty-stricken state. By definition, this is poverty-stricken. Right. We are leading in HIV, AIDS, STDs. Like, it's, we're just not... It's a culture here for people to not be aware of themselves and as far as their health. It's just to not prioritize it. It's a culture here for us to cook with, 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 with fat bag. You know, <laughs> it's a culture... For us to, uh, you, you know, put a little elbow in, you know, the Kool-Aid, lean a little bit harder when we're making a sweet potato pie. It's the culture. And I love how we are, our generation is normalizing the vegan restaurants, the smoothie bars, the, you know, this is, this is what we're doing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is why I feel like I was diagnosed. This is why I feel like it was me. At first, was I a little salty? Yes. Yes, I was salty. Yes, yes I was salty. I did not understand. I'm like, I ain't even the ones to be partying Monday through Friday. I should have been. Might as well. You know, who knew? <laughs> you know, I should have just been turning up, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, when, when I get to the reality of it and I sit back, I realize that um, the things that are passionate, 
that I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about for a reason. And I shouldn't just leave it within myself. You know, I think that uh, I, I have the ability to touch people who like, you know, this is my friend. She's talking about that to normalize it. And, um, and I, I think that I have the awareness to realize, like, I'm really in an area where it, this you know, where we where like we're having to make health is cool. Like we're we're just now getting on the wave that California's been on. You go to the beaches and they have what at the beaches they have cute little just workout, you know, areas bars. You can just completely do full, you know. And uh, Mississippi's catching up. You know, we adding sidewalks and you know we have um, Mama right. Nature's oops all vegan. We have sweet peas. We have herbal blessings. We have Dr. Juice cleanse. All in the metro, all in the same place, you know. So um, I feel like we're coming up, but it's definitely gonna be the people like you and I who are doing what we're doing now. Yeah, providing awareness, and the reason why you know I wanted to get you on the podcast for sure, for sure, is because I knew that you had, you have, you're living an experience that too many, especially our age, don't know anything about, and I think is very important that you tell your story not only just on this podcast but like you said to these schools these uh black women um all of these people need to hear this story so whenever i post this it need to get shared a million times because a lot of people don't don't understand that oh man what's the some of them people don't even know what a lymph node is you know what i'm saying or they don't know what discharge is like I could, I could ask ten people our age probably what's a lymph node, and they ain't gonna know. They ain't gonna know where a lymph node is. You know, they they might know there's some in, under your armpits, but there's a bunch of lymph nodes in your body in different areas. You know what I'm saying? So how imperative it, what role that plays in your body? That's right. that's your, that's that's your best friend. You need to keep that one close. You yeah. need to keep that one real close because. Yeah, they can probably like, and, and it was like that for me. I feel now, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I used to get somebody something for breast cancer year every year, and it, and it did not hit the way it does now. You know, just, um, I'm honored to have come out on the other side, and, I, and I'm going to continue to give honor to the ones that didn't, because it wasn't, it's not easy. Even the ones that shut down, um, I get, I get it, I get it. And any type of advice I could probably give to anyone else that's going through right now is uh, honestly, do what makes you feel good. Like, do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel good. And I say that because a lot we have all these people that care about us, and all these people that lost so many people to cancer. They want to tell you about and don't realize this is an appropriate time, but um. And they want to say, you know what, just don't do them drugs. They chemo really cute. It, it just killed my partner. It just went on and took them out. You know, but, and they want you to, you know, just drink press juice. You know, press juice your way through. You know, tea your way through. Do whatever it is you need to do. Um, you don't have an appetite. Get your edible. It, 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 don't do whatever it is to make you comfortable. You want to. You want to get a wig. Get the wig. You don't want to get the wig. Don't get the wig. You know. Do whatever it is that makes you happy. You might as well. You 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 earned 
it, you've earned it. Like you got like OG stripes. You can do whatever it is you want. Go eat whatever it is you want. Do whatever it is you want. There is no within reason. There is no because because just because I say, hey, listen, that chemo is working for you. If that's not what you want to do, if that's not what you agree with, yeah, you have if if you want to keep that other breast because it makes you feel more womanly and makes you feel you want you know you want to breastfeed you know one day you know you want to you, you know there are things you still want to experience especially if you young don't let anyone else pressure that into being what a decision that you make you know let that be a decision that you make because that's the decision that you want to make and um you have all these people that care about you so they're going to they're just going to give you their opinions they're going you're going to get so many opinions on I feel like do it, do what makes you happy. You know, we in the South, it's the Bible Belt. You have people who are like, oh, don't, you know, TAC, Tay Reeves. <laughs> Tay Reeves, you know, he knows better than the doctors do, you know, yeah. about how much, about how much, uh, you know, TAC, you know, medicinal uh, we should have or not. Or um, do whatever it is you need to do to get through the next day. Um, I'm a stickler for for things being clean. Some days I just let I just let it get a little wild, you know. I just yeah. whatever it is you need to do to make you feel better. Um, I feel like it's probably like the best advice I can give because you you end up being pressured by your grandmama and her opinion, you know, and all these other people who 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 grandma probably really loves you. She probably genuinely really loves you and TT and all these people and but. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you have to live with yourself the way you feel, the way you're gonna look in the life, the life after the life after cancer. So for sure. Yeah, you definitely gotta do what makes you happy, especially in a time like that. So I got a few more questions. I really think this next question is important when it comes to screening. So I was reading about breast cancer screenings and they was talking about, you know, the the self-screening where you kind of you kind of touch your own breast to kind of feel around for lumps and stuff like that. But but like you said, a lump can be very common, especially in your age or whatever. So talk to me a little bit about uh, screenings like the self-screening or like mammograms and stuff like that. Is mammograms something that you have to have consistently now to kind of see what's going on? Um, that's a really, really good question. That was actually one, like one of my questions um, after all of the surgeries, after chemo. What do I do now um, when you don't have breast? <laughs> you know, how do I check? What do I do? So I think that the if I, what I did for myself is one of the number. I'm never going to stop giving this piece of advice because it is always going to be my go-to to tell anyone else and for myself monitoring yourself you know yourself better than anyone else right like i know my body you do whether you accept it whether whether you are being real with yourself or not um whether you are listening to your intuitions or not you are what you're but you know when things are off when things are bigger, when things are smaller, when you're a little bit more tired, when you have a little bit more energy, when you're a little bit more depressive, when you're a little bit more excited or happy, or when you're a little bit more anxious. It's the same thing, I think, that it goes to 
monitoring yourself. Touch yourself. I randomly, I randomly touch one side and be like, hmm, is it <laughs> like be, that on the other side? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I ran, I randomly am, I am hyper aware. I am randomly always looking in the mirror, documenting myself. Um, okay. If I am monitoring myself around my menstrual and what's it, like, okay, it's been a week. Is this still here? This should have been gone by now. Like, or this has been two weeks out. So some people who may not, and you know, and, and it doesn't have to be anything as extensive as documenting, um, writing it down, keeping up with the app, just pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to yourself as the seasons change. You know, what's spiking your allergies today? Is it the rain or was it a temperature change? You, those small details will make a world of difference about you and where you are and where you stand. Small details that people would like to, that we don't normalize. Your stool tells you so much about your body and your right. health. Your stool, texture, color, size. But you know, there are so many different things that people, I think, are just aren't aware of, so they don't notice the color of your urine today versus yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you sleep, are you getting into your into into your into REM sleep? <laughs> are you just on the side? Are you tossing and turning? I small the little it's the little things, it's the little details. You know, um I think that for anyone that has had cancer in their family, something that I learned about was called the BRCA gene gene um DNA test. And uh it's B R A it's B R C A. Um, and what that does is it gives you an overview of the cancer predispositions that you may be more likely for or not, um, according to your blood and your DNA and family genetics. Some people don't know all their families, both parents, bloodlines, what they may be more prone to and what they might not be, or they can be like, oh no, my family, my grandma lost all her siblings to cancer. You know, I think that um, we aren't aware of the type of things that we have access to, to keep us a little bit more proactive on our health, um, outside of just annuals or outside of just the checkup or just the teeth cleaning, like um, these mammograms, as you, as you know, that they're keeping, they're preventing women from having mammograms. That's an issue about trying to get women younger into being approved for these mammograms because women are being diagnosed younger for breast cancer. So waiting till a woman is 45 is, right. is no longer seeming rational anymore. So yeah. I think that um, outside of self-tests that you can do yourself and, and monitoring yourself, like not just, oh, okay, yeah, I think I got a scratch on there. I got hyper monitoring yourself, not scratches, not um, if your waves are popping more today, but I'm talking about how is your energy levels? What is your weight like? When does it fluctuate? What foods do you cause you to have different reactions? Um, you mentioned something earlier about just our age group 
and how we get older when things start to sneak up on you. And I, I think that that's probably like a, a the biggest thing I can say is we're kind of in like early 30s. This is prime. That's when stuff starts. This up. is prime. And I think that sometimes we look at ourselves as like, man, I'm living a life. Like, I'm, this, I'm at my finest. Like, this is the most money. Like, I'm a little bit more stable now. Like, I just started building portfolios. I'm, I know stocks. So we started feeling like, we're not very we started feeling like we're untouchable because we're at this great place in our life we're traveling going in and out the country finding booze we're finding love relationships and i don't think that we re like, like we really and truly realize that all these late nights gonna start paying you wait for another 10 years we'll see who you know is taking care of the health or we'll see who you know wasn't yeah i mean definitely definitely i you know I done kind of backed off some of, you know, hanging out hard, this, that, and the other. Um, and especially with my drinking, this is a non-alcoholic beverage, by the way. I'm just, I'm just sipping. I would love to have a drink. I just, I just, <laughs> I just was working today. I wasn't prepared and I have lemon water because I'm at home, but I definitely wanted some wine. I just didn't, I just didn't go get it. <laughs> I'm, and, and also just to put out there, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing that here like, Oh, lady life. Oh, man life. Like, age yourself. It's just, I, I, what I think what, what our, what the, what I've noticed is lacking here is balance. Yeah, we it's live in balance. Yeah, yeah. We live in reckless. Like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, like, just as much as that's fine if we're going to party, but like, we need to be like pounding that water. You know what I'm saying? We need, or acting like it's a priority. Like I, I think it's wild that it's 2021 and I'm still hearing that water is nasty. I'm still, I'm still hearing that. I'm still, I'm still hearing that. And I'm just like, wow. You know, uh, all the research. They say real research journals. Five. That's not even five. Three years old. It's out here. You know right. what I'm saying? That we literally don't operate as well when we drop in a 20% chance and 20% amount of water in our brain changes the rest of the day for us. Our decision-making skills, your emotions, like your clarity, how fast you respond or not, just a 20% drop of water into the brain. Like just, just the smallest percentage. And it's like, you so much you don't like water. Like it's, it's, it's not that... You know, because I, I love to have a good time. I think that my issue is like, it's still people that's out here that's just like, you know, you don't want to give up meat for like a week, you know, just fast, just like a good detox. Just like, it's fine to be on party, but you still, you don't, you still don't have a gym membership. You still, you still ain't trying to hit a job. Like, it's like you still, all the research, all the, all the proof that's in the pudding about evidence showing that an active life or just somebody that's just more proactive on their health and just aware is lengthening people's lives. And it's just, you, you know, that's the part that, that's, that's crazy to me. It's like, I still have, you know, I still know some people who I'm like, why do I keep having to tell you to go get tested? Like, go, you still ain't went, you know, making your friends have accountability, you know, type thing or staying yeah. on them, being that friend that stays on them, that, that, that just keeps on talking about it. That's the thing, though. I feel like, you know, uh, I know, especially black men, we don't we don't really talk about these things. You know, we don't like like if OK, for instance, you brought up like STD testing and stuff like that. 
So, you know, among black among black men, the, the recurring joke is, man, I just wait till my girl gets tested to see if she's straight and then I must be straight. Hey, real talk. That's 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 the recurring thing. Me, me, I for sure, I get tested. You know what I'm saying? I get tested also. I, I feel get, like there's something just happened. It was really empowering just stating that just now. Nah, but that's for real. That and it's like it's like a reoccurring joke, but it's definitely true. That's how niggas get tested. They girl get tested. They girl go to get their annual. They 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 uh, come back and they be like, babe, anything wrong? You straight? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, I must be straight. You know, that's how niggas think about shit like that. So going to get like a checkup and stuff like that, like, honestly, I feel like we both speaking from position of privilege because we both had family support that would literally say, okay, you're going to the doctor today. Everybody ain't grew up. You grew up, you got a lot of doctors and physicians and other healthcare professionals in your family. Me, I have a aunt that's a, that's a doctor and I have an uncle that's married into the family that's a doctor. Cool. But, you know, outside of that, my parents was going to take me to the doctor because they, because they parents took them to the doctor. So, but that ain't that ain't black society though, you know. That ain't black society. So I feel like we speaking from a position of privilege, but like you stated earlier, it's our duty to kind of just put that out in the open and say, hey man, go get your teeth cleaned or you know what I'm saying? It's it's a way you could say it better than that. You know, I won't just look at a nigga mouth and say, Hey, go get your teeth cleaned. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like like you know, you know, man, you been to the doctor. You you ask a nigga, they been to the doctor, man. I ain't been to the doctor in two years. I don't never get sick. You know, I ain't, you know, but hell, you try to tell niggas. I mean, you can see from the pandemic. You try to tell niggas and niggas gonna need, you know, but but never give up on trying to, you know, talk to your brother, talk to your sister about health. And I feel like that's very important. So on my last question, how are you doing currently in your breast cancer journey? And I see you're always doing things as far as like uh, sharing, sharing nutritional stuff, uh, sharing uh, exercises. You always sharing your exercises and stuff like that. So talk to me a little bit about how important doing all of that has been, how, how important doing all of those activities has been to your health on your breast cancer journey. Um, outside of, me just being a breast cancer thriver, survivor, thriver. Um, I think honestly, I get a kick out of more is watching my, like seeing the, my neighborhood that I grew up in, like the city that raised me just become progressive. Us trying to, us just trying to inch out of the 50th place for, um, for for just bad health and being fat and just you know I just think that um that portion is 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 means more to me than anything I'm definitely gonna be that person that when I get big I'm going right back to the hood okay I I want to go right to the hood I want to go inner city and I want like clinics there like I want to go to the school I want to do you know these I want to do like health fairs and free assessments and teeth cleanings and eye exams i want this to be normal and and assess aces assessments i think that um before i was diagnosed with breast cancer 
I definitely was so confused with my journey. Just, just, just being transparent as far as um my life journey, my purpose, and where I fit, where I, where, I, where I fit. I think that I grew up with a lot of pressure of like, do I supposed to be like, like they doing this and this is their area and you know that. I think since then, it's given me more insight and clarity for the direction that I want to go in and for, and for what I really care about. And, and shockingly enough, I, you know, I, as much as I, 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 I love them, I appreciate them. Um, God bless them. It's not oncology. It's, it's, it's mental health. It's mental health. It's health and wellness. Um, it's, it's doing what I'm doing right now. When you see me at these people's uh, studios and gyms, it's because I'm like well on my way trying to start a blog, just like in, in an app of condensed where you can go. If you're in Clinton, here's a black owned gym here. If you're in Ridgeland, here's a black owned gym here. If you're in downtown, here's a black owned yoga studio, Naturally Maya. If you're over here, here's Explicit J3 over here in Ridgeland. If you're over here, here's John Hardy's fitness studio. If you're over here, here's Justin Lampley's um, uh, before and after fitness in Clinton. I think because I just want us to find find where we fit. It doesn't matter what you into. You don't have to be a gym rat just lifting weights. I just want people to like find their thing, like find their thing. If your thing in lifting weights, that's cool. There's some yoga over here. Oh, there, there's um Purple Diamond Dance Studio in Clinton. If you're a dancer, there's something for you. Or Studio K is studio dancing in, in Ridgeland, County Line. Whatever your thing is for you, I just want our people to be more pro, like get just get active. It doesn't necessarily mean like, oh man, I need to be going up in here and lifting all the weights. That may not be your thing. It may not be your thing. Bicycling, bicycling may be your thing. I think that um, my journey helped solidify my place. I think for a long time, I was like, I just don't see myself being an MD. Like, I don't care about anything enough to go to school for another 10 years. But what I do care about enough is to go to school another three years and uh, put myself here or, you know, continue to be an advocate in my own hometown. This is, this, this, this is important to me. I get so happy when I see my old students come up and tell me and be like, I'm running track now. You know, that be so exciting. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, they just know, they be like, I'm being active because they know that that's what I'm into. But guess what? It's, it's a tone. It's a tone that they picked up. And these children are in, these children are in elementary. It's a tone that they picked up, but just by being active, and um, they notice when I bring my snack, I, I make flavor infused waters. I bring my waters. They want to try it. It's a tone. I think right. that that that's that that's my passion. Outside of um, you know, I just train people. That's cool. I can I can train people, but I'm not really into selling people lies and letting people lie to me about what they say they're gonna do and what they're not gonna do when they leave here. But what I am into is spreading the good news about where to go be active, where to go enjoy yourself. Um, if you know, I just want to help consolidate it and put it all in one area. About if you're trying to do martial arts, jujitsu, there's Marshall Thomas in Ridgeland. You know, at, at martial arts, it's all these places around here, and I just think that 
I want to continue to spread the word about how dope it is, how young these people are. And um, it's not that it's not that I'm not necessarily saying, oh, man, I just want to be a trainer. Um, I want to be the liaison between my community, my peers and others that look like me, you know, who just aren't there yet in, in between where they need to be. Everyone's just not into the same thing and it's cool. You know, everything's just everything's not for everyone. I just think I'm, it's my job to kind of like, you know. Yeah, I play. I, I feel like I fell in my shoes, and I'm doing, and I'm moving how I should move. And I, and it's hard. Sometimes you go through stuff. You like, I feel so passionate about this. I'm going through cancer. I'm supposed to be an oncologist, but then you realize you're like, mm, I don't really care about any other drugs. This, yeah, not. you know, it took some soul searching, and now, like, I'm here to help people become mindful. That's what I do. That's the name. It's the name of the company that I'm that I'm starting, that I'm building. It's called Be Mindful because I'm here to help people be my, become mindful. I'm here to refer you out to where you need to be. <laughs> you know, that's dope. That's dope. And I think I think be mindful. I think that's a powerful statement because throughout this entire conversation, you you have basically talked about being aware being mindful of your body being mindful of what you like to do to to make yourself happy be mindful of your mental health be mindful of how active you are being so that you won't be as susceptible to these predisposed these these predispositions and i think that's just powerful man i think i think this is a great convo I think that I think that this podcast needs to be shared a lot. I think you dropped some some legit gems on here, and I'm gonna be sharing a bunch of these clips all over Instagram and stuff like that. Same, same. Like you are killing this right now. Like this is what our city needs. You are what our city needs. This platform is what our city needs, and um, I just think that um, you know, how many people told me you don't look sick. You don't yeah. look sick. You don't look sick. You know how many people walking around here don't look don't look sick. Don't look like sick. look sick. <laughs> right. You know, I just think that um it's it's, it's this goes deeper than cancer. Um I think that pe our people have been through a lot genetically, like in, in history and just in today. And I think that anyone that is an a, a human being should be proactive especially of color should be proactive of like their mind and just like their health and their wealth. Like it's just, it's just something that we just weren't really taught. I wasn't, I wasn't raised learning how to kick meatless meals and vegan and plant-based stuff and how to, how to practice mindfulness and yogi and all these, you know, different words. You know how many people tell me it sounds like I'm, I'm uh, messing around with the devil. Don't you know? Speak, you know, trying trying to be a yogi, um, because that's how far removed we are. <laughs> that, that's ridiculous, right. right? That's how far removed we are. So um, this is really dope, and I'm in. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm passionate about. Anytime you want a move, a move like this, I'm with it. Anybody, people know when you want to get in contact with me. You say something about the gym, I'm there. You remember you and I'm like, yo, what's up? I'll probably respond to that a little faster than you know something yeah. else. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. It's been great having you on, man. And uh, 
you are a survivor and to all the black women, all the women out there, period, you know, that's suffering from breast cancer or have a family history from breast cancer or just a, a, a woman that that needs to understand more information about a personal experience, a personal testimony of breast cancer. You should definitely listen to this podcast. You should definitely get to know Chastity. So shout out, uh, shout out to Chastity for being on the podcast. Link in your Instagram uh, and your Twitter or whatever you use to kind of talk to people on. Definitely. Um, I do that here underneath the chat. This is really nifty. No, no, you can just say it out loud. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, my Instagram is the underscore Chastity Renee with two E's and accent mark. And reach out. You know, if you, if you just kind of want to just discuss, it doesn't have to be breast cancer related, but definitely my, my, my breast cancer is thrivers, um, survivors, women who, oh, I think I felt something, let's rap. It doesn't have to be super deep, super long drawn on. I can do quick conversations. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to go beyond outside of this or it can get big. You know, I can come with you. It, it, it's, it's no limit, but you know, it can be a quick combo and I can, anything I can do to help, anything I can do to help refer my physicians, my team. I don't know if I'm biased, but I had the best team literally, you know, um, nationally recognized Dr. Reginald Martin, um, Dr. Balfour at St. Dominic, Dr. Gonzaga Q. Mm, who else is in my team? That's radiology. That is oncology. That's surgeon. I have a great team, great people to refer. So I will leave the information and, um, yeah, Nick, I love doing this. Invite me back. Anything else I can do? I'm all yes. for it, man. You know, this is this your move. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Chastity, man, being on the podcast, man. Like I stated earlier, shout out to all the breast cancer survivors. Shout out to everybody that's been suffering from breast cancer. Shout out to all the women, period. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, I, I did this podcast and with chastity because i knew it was going to be great as well as i wanted to recognize all of these women that's suffering from this terrible disease so uh stay healthy stay blessed praying for y'all and i appreciate you chastity for being on the podcast absolutely i appreciate you having me man you are you don't you in the blessing business right here doing this all right and we out peace and we out Uh, that rig with my mouthpiece, that's verbal in the course, just love.